business to new insane revenue levels doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about the right strategy, team, efficiencies, and confidence. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. With over 1 million downloads, it's the go-to business podcast dedicated to business owners who want to evolve out of operating in the day-to-day and make their dreams come true. I'm your host, Annette Walter, and I'm so happy you are here. As a former banker, I have now been an entrepreneur for over 15 years and have started, grown, acquired, and sold over 20 multi-million dollar companies to date. Together, you and I will strengthen your existing business, build your dream team and process, grow your wealth and legacy, all while surrounding you with a community of rockstar entrepreneurs just like yourself. Are you ready to evolve? Let's get started. Hey there, entrepreneur. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, I am joined by Michael McFall. Michael is the co-founder and co-CEO of Big B Coffee. They are the third largest coffee franchise in the U.S. And I absolutely love his story. Not only is he a co-founder and co-CEO, he is also an author of his original book, Grind, second book, Grow, and he talks a little bit also about his third book, which is coming down the line. I absolutely uh, just loved learning from him, loved his wisdom, loved his perspective, and he actually shares a lot of great books that he's read in his past that are some of his favorites. So take a listen. Thank you for being here. Be proud of yourself for being here. You are showing up. You are being disciplined, you are putting in the hard work, and you are continuing to be curious and grow in your business. So give yourself a high five and keep evolving, entrepreneur. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm wonderful, Annette. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here today. We're joined by Mike McFall. He is co-founder and co-CEO of Big B Coffee. I love it. Everybody loves coffee, right? Yeah, that's my uh, that's my day job. That's great. Keep <laughs> you busy. Yeah. You know? Um. So where shall we begin? I always like the guests to choose. You know where their story kind of starts. I'm sure there's a glimmer on your timeline that sticks out where this entrepreneurial journey started for you. So take it from here. Well, I you know so. Growing up, I think where it starts is growing up, I didn't really know that entrepreneurship was a thing, but it was just what everybody did around me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like if you had told me as a kid that, that you could take classes on entrepreneurship, you know, and that there were degrees in entrepreneurship, you know, I'm not sure I would have uh, understood, but I looked at entrepreneurship in that moment. And, and I think in, in subsequent years, it's just a it's how it's how you live. It's it's the way of life. It's how you survive. It's what you do. And and I look at all my friends and my dad, my dad for sure. My my mom was a professor. My dad was an entrepreneur. But all my all my friends' parents were all entrepreneurs. And so it was just it's what we did. Right. Okay. What did your dad do? He was in manufacturing in the automotive space. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I'm right there with you, kind of born and bred by an entrepreneur, like dinner table talk. That's just what it was, right? That's all we did, you know? And and um, and so I think that where did the entrepreneurial journey start? It sounds like you're similar. Is like, well, pretty much like in the womb. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So then, um, you know, which I guess lucky us, right? Because maybe we just don't overthink that too much or, or get too overwhelmed by it. Um, so, so what was your first kind of step into it, leap into it? You know, I, I was always that kid who was hustling. You know, you hear that story a lot, right? Uh-huh. But, you know, I was always that kid hustling and doing different kinds of things. And, and you know, but I I, uh, I, I kind of had this moment when mo- I was I was most likely going to end up going back to school, probably he- headed down the academic route. Okay. And and a lot of that, I think, was my mom's influence and in that I saw her life, too. And, you know, being a being an academic at a major research institution is a pretty nice life, too. Right. So uh, and, and so uh, but then I ended up um, I took it. So I was doing research with uh, with a colleague of my mom's at Michigan State University. I went and I applied at every coffee shop in East Lansing and I got hired by this this concept called Big B Coffee as a barista. And, mm-hmm. and so long story short, I fell in love with the, that, uh, that the business itself of making people happy, which is what we do. Right. And then I, I also really sensed an opportunity. I mean, this was the mid nineties, didn't take a rocket scientist to see what was coming down the pipeline with coffee at that point. And so, um, you know, that, that's, that was kind of, it was definitely a split in the road. And, and uh, when I went, there's a, a bit of lore in our world where my partner and I ended up going for like a four hour walk. I was an, I was a minimum wage employee of his at that point uh, in his first store. We ended up going for a four hour walk around East Lansing and, and basically formed our company on a handshake at the end of that walk, uh, which is that the company that I co-founded, which is the franchise company for Big B Coffee. Uh, and then, you know, that was the fork in the road. And I went and I resigned my position at the university and went headlong into this. Wow. So you and your now partner actually created that franchise. So at the time, Big B was just one store or? Correct. Wow. And now I need to put my readers back on here. The <laughs> third largest coffee franchise in the u.s yeah 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 so things are you know the company's doing really really well um you know i like to tell people and remind people that we've been doing it for 27 years though <laughs> right? Right. Like, so i mean yeah sure we've built a nice company but we've been at it 27 years uh and and um i mean we're, we're real proud of what we have and and we love our business model and we love what we, the impact we have on the world. Uh, and so, you know, it's a, it's a great company. It's a great business. I'm super honored and proud to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, things are going really well. That's great. Congratulations on all of your success, hard you. work. Um, so there's so many, t- so many ways I could take this, my goodness, you know, um, Wow. I'm going to go with the, um, how did you and your co-founder know that it was a franchise that it could do it? Right. And that you wanted to do it like in the infant stages, because you have a lot of businesses that are phenomenal businesses and they say to themselves, we just need to franchise this. Right. I hear that all the time. Well, yeah, everybody makes it sound like franchising is easy, you know, but um, the the thing is, is we didn't know. And and frankly, frankly, you know, I I don't think that when you get into a new business or, or you make a decision to franchise, I don't think you can know. Okay. And I liked, I liked the philosophy of make the decision and then work really hard and make good decisions to make sure that that decision was the right decision. 
Mm-hmm. So, so franchising for us was out of necessity. We didn't have any money. Um, we tried to go out and raise money. No one would give us any. Uh, and, and so in order to grow, the franchise model didn't take capital. Um, and so what we had to do as a franchise company was we had to run our stores very, very well and then attract people to that. Mm-hmm. And then convince people that that we would support them in developing the business for themselves, and that that's where that's where friend and it, it's it really fit very well for my partner and I. We're both we're both teachers at heart. We're both uh, coaches. Mm-hmm. We're both you know so and that's what franchising is to me mm-hmm. is very much uh, you are in the business of supporting others in the development of your brand, and so um, we just worked really hard to get good at that too. That's great. Well, I love how, you know, your father and mother really intertwined there, the entrepreneurship and the teaching side, right? Yeah, totally. And your your uh, partner and you were smart enough and strategic enough to say, we can fund our growth through other people, right? Teaching other people. And yeah. I, I just love all of that. So tell me the dynamic between you and your partner. Yin and yang, opposites attract. Uh, to some degree, yeah. <laughs> you know, to some degree, yeah. I think that we, um, you know, for but you know, to to rewind the clock. I mean, for many many years, it, we own the same percentage shares in the business. Uh, and but he was the CEO, I was the president. He was in charge, I was number two. Um, that and that was the dynamic for for probably you know whatever 10, 15, 10, 12, 15 years. Um, and you know, this, it became a point when, when, you know, I went to him and I said, Hey, listen, I, uh, uh, a couple of things. I mean, one, um, I, my ego is struggling with this, right. I'm yeah. struggling with being number two when I'm, you know, I don't feel like I'm number two. I feel like we're bringing equal and, and, and he has said, and he has said all along that we were uh, equal partners in, in, in managing it together and so on. And then the other piece of it for me too was, is that I told him, I said, listen, if something happens to Big B, I need, I need to have that C in my title. Right. So when I go out right. to the marketplace, I was a chief executive, not, not an executive vice president or a president. Right. So, so um, and, and, and he's a, he's a brilliant guy. He understood, he listened. We took a long time to make the transition. And, and then when we transitioned to co-CEO, we just, kind of did it very quietly. And then over, you know, a number of years, it, it kind of just rolled. It's not like we went to the press and announced right, this right. thing. It, we didn't need to do it that way. But to get it, to get it, I think with your, the, the real question is the dynamic between the two of us and why it works. Uh, and, you know, why it works is one, we have deep respect for each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, um, we are both committed to it working. Like first and foremost, we're right. committed to working. And then and then the third and the more nuts and boltsy type thing is like, yeah, I, I bring certain skills to the table. He brings certain skills to the table. He's very, very good at, you know, what he does. And, and you know, I bring value on my side of it. And we understand that. And we talk about it. The other right. thing that I think that is important, I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day, is that we also don't meddle in each other's stuff. You know, and like, that's just maturity. Like if he's handling this piece of the business, I stay out of it. Right. You know, if he needs me or if he wants my input, he'll come, he'll ask. And he does. And I do the same for him, but it's not like I'm looking at numbers and calling them up and I, you know, like, Holy cow, what's going on in this, you know? So, so we've also been really good at leaving each other alone Mm -hmm. and letting the other do their work. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, everything that you just said, respect, right? Um, the same level of commitment, that's huge. And that's really hard to gauge in the infant stages of a business, right? Who wants it more? Who wants it the most? Do we both want it the same and for the right reasons, right? And then really having those those different skill sets and then staying out of each, each other's swim lanes. So that's those are all really good shares. Well, I think the thing that I've, you know, like the thing that we started, we both had nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've always made exactly the same amount of money to the penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were just committed to that. Um, and, and, uh, and so, you know, a lot of it was just growing up together, doing it together. Uh, right. like, I guess if you have people that have different outcomes that they want, then you have to talk about that though. And that's the thing that I think that my partner and I have always done very well is we actually have the real conversations about what we need, what we're interested in, what's important to us. And I, and I'm, I, I, I have a, uh, I'm on my website, I have 20 questions that everybody should ask their potential partner before they go into partnership. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so that's a, that is something that, I mean, I, and people don't, and that it's crazy to me. People won't have the conversations because they're so wrapped up in the fantasional moment yep. of creating a business that they don't have the real conversations about the things that they should be talking about. It's so, so true. It's yeah. so true. Well, we'll definitely direct everybody to that in the show notes. That's a great share. I love that. Um, yes, I've I've had many business partners in my past, and um, you know, it's it's those. Uh, there's a great book called, well, it doesn't really apply to this. I was going to say Fierce Conversations, but you know, even when- Oh, sure. You, right? By Susan, Susan Scott. Susan Scott. Susan yeah, Scott. Susan Scott, yeah. right? But even when you brought up that conversation of like, hey, like being, like saying just, my ego's a little hurt here. Like ego, ego's a good thing, right? It's a, it's a self-awareness, right? So you're just saying, kind of bringing it and having that hard conversation, that fierce conversation. So I love all that. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Yeah. So what keeps you personally going as a business owner? What makes you tick? Is there a personal mantra that you kind of repeat to yourself when you have those down moments? I don't have too many down moments. Um, That's good. Yeah. Very few actually. Uh, But what makes me tick is what we're trying to do is something that I think like from a statistical perspective is irrelevant, meaning no one can do it. No one's done it. And and what we're trying to do is is we're trying to go from startup, you know, I mean, 27 years ago, and then we're trying to transition to what, and this is the topic of my second book uh, is um, trying to transition to irrelevance, Mm. which is that we, that we are no longer necessary in the business day to day in order for the business to thrive. And so, correct. Okay. Yes. So founder to, yeah. Okay. And so that transition, so you have to go from bootstrapping entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. then you have to become an effective leader. That's a transition that's quite difficult for many because everything that most of the things that made you successful as an entrepreneur get in your way in terms of being a leader. Yeah. But then once you're an effective leader, then you have to transition to bringing in an outside leader and a leadership team that will run the business. And then you need to transition into what I call irrelevance. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the, the thing, the thing that happens for most people in my position or Bob's in my position is, is that we get scared that we're not going to be able to do it. And so we end up bringing in outside 
money, outside resources. We bring in a private equity firm or a strategic partner because we feel like they're going to be able to help us get to this next stage of development. And I've always said, well, why can't we just do what they do? What they do is not rocket science, right? Uh, they hire people that are smarter than them. They hire they hire experts. They let the experts work. They And so why can't we figure out how to do that? Right. And then at the end of the day, if I can be irrelevant in this business and still own 50% of it, like what a dream life. Like that's, that's really the dream because then I can be involved in it however I want to be. I can be involved, you know, I, I don't have to do anything, but I can also be involved in certain things that I might aspire to do. And then there is a third book that I'll be writing, I hope next year. And um, that's a call to action. And that's, that's sort of the next level of, okay, so we as managers, owners of private enterprise, successful private enterprise, we have an obligation. We have an obligation to improve the human condition. And what are we going to do with that? And what was the first book? I was just trying to see if I have it here in the notes. Grind. That I, I don't my readers on. What was, what's your first? Oh, there it is. Sorry. Grind. And this, one, this was grind. And then okay. I have props here and everything. I have grind here. And then I have grow. grow. Okay. Yeah. I just see it now. Grow. Yes. Yeah. And okay. then the third one, not hundred percent sure on the title yet, but, but that's the, that's, the progression and I right. and I've always wanted to write that third book. I love it. But I had to write the first two in order to have the street cred to write the third one. Got it. Like yeah. who's gonna listen to a guy who just starts yelling him about, you know, changing the world and improving the human condition? Well, it's like, well, I'm kind of been doing it for a very long time and I've kind of learned this lesson, these lessons and so now I hope that people will actually listen to me. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal. And it's like, you know, it's just I think it's the awareness as a business owner of those different stages, right? Founder, owner, operator, then to leader, huge jump, like you said, then into that third stage, right? And then irrelevance, right? Yeah. Which is just, you know, they don't need me. They don't need me at yeah. all. And I can be a board member and I can, and, and, but hopefully I'll have a board that's like way more powerful and smarter than I am helping manage the, the team uh, that's running the business. Right. But not only that, it doesn't have to be a, a lifelong timeline. Right. Right. We make it this lifelong timeline, but it can be fairly quickly, if, depending on how, I guess, self-aware and willing and able to delegate in those things. So um, tell me, we mentioned books. I won't keep you too long, but what's one of your favorite business books outside of those that you've produced and written? that that I've read that my favorite books outside of the ones I've written um I mean I gotta go with uh Liz Wiseman's book called Multipliers oh yes 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 I there's a co-author I always forget his name oh I, that's been a long time since I've read yeah, that one that one's a good one um good one of course Michael Gerber's e-myth I mean these are just classics right yes yes uh, but I also really advocate reading uh, in the book, I read a whole chapter on it in my second book about reading people that aren't necessarily writing about business. Like you want to, you want to be inspired and and talk about the traits it takes to be successful as an entrepreneur. Read Willie Nelson's biography. Mm. The lessons you learn from this guy, and he stuck with it, and he never gave up, and he was so committed to it. And to me, that's that's what you have to have as an entrepreneur. You have to have that steadfast commitment to making it work and and i mean you read willie nelson's book and that's that's 
<laughs> it's just mind blowing what he was able to do. Oh, great. Uh, this is a complete side note, but uh, there's a right now a Snoop Dogg and um, Matthew McConaughey singing on the road again video oh. going around, which is like my family's favorite summer song. Right. First first playlist song when we jump in the car to go to the beach. And uh, yeah, it's just so funny. So I've actually been thinking about Willie Nelson lately. That that song's been in my head. So I'll add that to my list. You should read it. I mean, I, I would tell anybody to read that. It is, it's a, not only is it a great story, there are so many lessons in, in that. And so I read, I read a lot of biographies. I love biographies. I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, why not? You've got the smartest people in the world, the most experienced people in the world, writing a book, Absolutely. talking about their life and what they learned. Why right. wouldn't you want to read that? Absolutely. So great. Oh, well, congrats to you. Thank you for sharing everything. Where can we find you, support you, buy from you, learn from you, uh, buy a book, buy uh, coffee. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I just launched my own personal website. It's kind Great. of a weird feeling. Yeah, it's called, it's Michael J. McFall. Okay. And that's the best place you can get to all my socials from there and Perfect. buy the book and visit my company's website and so on. Great. And the questions are on there as well. That's they're a little hard to find. Um, yeah, I'll do better. I'll put those up more front and center. They're, those are on my uh, my other books website. But um, okay. if you just Google 20 questions, grind. Okay. That's wonderful. Thank you for being here. We enjoyed you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the opportunity. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.